most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Fantasy Flex Night Shift Podcast. This is the podcast where we break down the Sunday night and Monday night football DFS slates. I am your host, Chris Raybon, joined as always by one of the top fantasy football rankers in the game, Sean Kerner. Sean, what's going on? What's up, man? I was super excited for week four. I feel like I'm finally hitting my stride with everything. Um, so can't wait for this slate. And uh, congrats on your number two placement so far in the Fantasy Pros contest. How'd that happen? I, yeah, I'm, I, thank you. Thank you. I, I have no idea. You know, I don't really check much, especially early in the season. Uh, and I just saw the tweet and I was yeah. like, I'm genuinely surprised because <laughs> it seems like it's been a weird year. Um, you know, just me being like, as usual, far from consensus, but I guess it's been working out so far with some of the guys I've been ranking low. Yeah. It's been a, a weird year. Uh, what's the Hunter S Thompson quote uh, when the, you know, the going gets weird, the word, the weird turns pro. <laughs> so that's probably what's going on here. Yeah, man. It's like I still I'm all the way down there in 29th. I'm looking oh, way man. up at you right yeah. now, but it's it's still early. We got plenty of season left. All but... you need is one good week. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, still waiting for that. No, thirteenth <laughs> place finished last week. What did yeah. you finish this week to shoot way first? I think it was four this week or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's tough to take down a week. Usually it's easier to just consistently finish, you know, like top twenty. Yeah. But yeah, rooting for you. Uh hopefully I can join you in the top ten at some point. But yeah, you're you're tearing it up right now. Let's do it, man. Uh all right. Let's uh let's we're gonna talk. Casey, Tampa Bay first. Uh, and just a reminder, if you heard Sean and I talking projections on this week's Action Network podcast, welcome back. If you haven't, be sure to check that out on the Action Network podcast channel. Uh, it's our player projections episode. It drops every week on Wednesdays. But let's get into this Chiefs-Bucks game that uh, we'll see where it's played right now. Still tentatively scheduled for Tampa Bay. Uh, obviously, our thoughts go out to everybody that's affected by the uh, the hurricanes down there, but uh, Sean, weird transition. But <laughs> we got. Oh, man. Who do you expect for a freak performance uh, in a casting spot? Oh, I am definitely expecting a freak performance from Leonard Fournette. And, you know, typically when we think of Chiefs Bucks, we think of high scoring game, you know, the total in the mid 50s. But this one could be, you know, defensive struggle. The total's at 45 right now. Uh, Both teams are kind of trying to figure out the wide receiver position right now. So, you know, Leonard Fournette, I mean, he is a true workhorse back. He is the only running back in the league right now that has had over 60% of his team's rush attempts every week and ran around on over 70% of dropbacks every week. Um, Unfortunately, it hasn't turned into like some monster performances like we're used to seeing, Um, but he is coming off of a five catch 35 yard game. Finally, we were finally rooting for him to, you know, do something through the air. Um, So I think he'll, you know, continue to be more of a four to five catch 
guy game going forward. Uh, he's also yet to score a touchdown despite seeing uh, both the teams, you know, rush attempts inside the five. So he's due for some positive touchdown regression. So I think this is a perfect slate to kind of just use Fournette in the captain slot and root for a low scoring game. Yeah, I totally agree. Kansas City has given up eight or more catches in each game that they played two oh. running backs. So we know Fournette is going to get uh, a large percentage of the snaps in that backfield. So this could be a, a, his season high in catches. He might get even more than last week. Mm-hmm. So I, I really like Fournette as well. I know Tampa Bay is going to get some receivers back. It looks like everyone practiced uh, except Brashad Perriman. So uh, mm. that that could be interesting as well. So I think there are a lot of options to, you know, you could finally probably also go back to Tom Brady and, and stack him with, you know, Mike. I like Mike Evans for this slate as well. Yeah. But Kansas City's been doing a good job, as they tend to do, of like funneling the action away from their their cornerbacks and and to some of the other you know lesser receiving positions. Which under Spagnola, they've been they've been really good at that. You know, regardless of who they've had uh, on the outside. So uh, yeah, I, I think Fournette is the clear uh, the clear play. So everyone practice, including Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin practiced. Uh, yeah. I believe so on Wednesday. Yeah, let me let me double check that. Just yeah, looks like he is. He is. Uh, yeah, I mean yeah. they don't want to rush him back though, because yeah, it seemed like like you said he's maybe compensating coming back from the ACL. Mm-hmm. So maybe even if he gets in practice this week, they hold him out. But we'll see. But yeah, if he's available, um, that's going to make it even tougher to really narrow in anybody um, on their wide receiver depth chart and Julio as well, right? He's, yeah, he's Julio's practice. Yeah. Only guy that didn't practice was Rashad Perriman, of all people. So, of all people, uh, yeah. I mean, they can't quit him though. So, no, they can't. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you got that's is a game where you do have to pay attention to the inactives because if everyone is healthy, somebody's going to get scratched. Whether it's Perriman, Scotty Miller, both of them. Obviously, Beasley's mm-hmm. probably not going to be called up again. Um, but uh, and Russell Gage is is uh, still listed on the injury report, but he's practicing. And uh, Kate Otten is back, so Kyle Rudolph back to healthy scratch. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's terrible. Were people drafting him like tight end 25? Yeah, I remember point. when that happened. And we like, were like, what the hell is going he, on? He got signed, and immediately like people ranked him above Cameron Brait. I was like, ah. I mean, not that Cameron Brait's like tearing it up at all. Yeah. But it's just like sometimes these guys, it's like, you know, Kyle Rudolph is like the tight end version of Allen Robinson. It's like he yeah. <laughs> he can't we can't move anymore. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's talk about dart throws. Who you like? Do you like darts, Ted? Oh, okay. I'm more of a you know a cornhole man myself. Well, speaking of Cambrate, uh, I'm gonna go with him. You know, he was pretty quiet weeks one and two. Not gonna lie, but he finally had sort of a mini breakout game last week. He had uh, five catches for 52 yards. Now, granted, he did take advantage of Evans, Julio, Godwin, all not playing. Uh, but even if they return, you know, he's still going to get his snaps at tight end. Um, and he ran her out on 84% of Tom Brady's dropbacks. You know, like we just said, Kyle Rudolph is zero factor right now. Um, so could see another, you know, four, five catch game here on a slate like this. That is more than enough. So Cam Brady, he's been a guy that's disappointed early on, but could get going now. Um, and then on the Chiefs side, I got to go with Jerick McKinnon. And he is quietly leapfrogging Clyde Edwards-Hilaire right now as the team's lead back. Um, you know, McKinnon himself, he carried the ball seven times last week for 20 yards against a tough Colts run defense. Um, and then 
Edwards Lair, he had that bizarre rushing line. I wrote it down in my notes and then I saw that you tweeted it out. Yeah. It was like an area code. What, what area code is that? But yeah, seven carries, zero yards, and one touchdown. What the hell was that? So there's a chance that McKinnon could start out rushing Clyde Edwards Lair soon. He's already out snapping him in the passing game. So last week, you know, McKinnon was right around 50% routes run rate compared to Clyde Edwards Lair, 40%. Um, so a game like this, you know, the, the Chiefs could lean on, you know, dump off passes of the backs sort of as an extension of the run game. So this could be a sneaky game for McKinnon. And I would not be shocked if in the next couple of weeks, you know, we're projecting him ahead of Clyde Edwards Hilaire. So I think on this slate, uh, McKinnon's one of my favorite dart throws. Yeah, shouts to uh, North Dakota, the 701. Oh, is that what it is? You looked <laughs> yeah. it up? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, uh, yeah. I represent. Um, yeah, Clyde Edwards Alaire. I mean, this is a tough matchup for him. We know Tampa Bay plays really good run defense. Uh, I think I think we talked about on the, the flex pod that uh I think that was one of the guys I was down on. So yeah, it's it's not looking good for him. Uh I, I had Brait circled as well, but I'll go off the mat with some even more uh contrarian guys. Um, so I'm hearing that you know, Andy Reid is saying that like he's having he could do a better job with some of the running play calls and, and things like that. And you know, he's kind of aware they're not having success. I think this could be a game where we see more Pacheco um, too, because mm-hmm. I don't think it's just, I think Clyde edwards is struggling. And I, I think, uh, you know, I, they, they did bring Pacheco in on a, uh, a goal line or red zone play. I think it was inside the 10 uh, against the Colts. And I, I think we're just going to see more of that. And uh, going forward, I think it's going to be a more even backfield. And remember, we never could predict what Andy Reid was going to do back when he had like three backs that he was using. So I think we might get back to that. Uh, Sky Moore is another one that, you know, mm. they're saying they're going to get more involved. Now, every time they say that he like muffs a punt or <laughs> does something ridiculous that like just plasters them to the bench for the rest of the game. But I do think they kind of need him. I mean, their offense isn't what it was with Tyreek Hill. So uh, if he doesn't make a mistake on special teams, I think he could play a few more snaps at wide receiver. And then for the Bucks, uh, they're talking about, and this would be kind of a, a super high leverage play, but they're talking about, uh, they need to get their their the guys behind Fournette more involved as well. So I think Rashad White uh, is an interesting mm-hmm. one here because you know it's a lot of leverage. I think Fournette is going to be fairly popular, uh, and I, I think he's the top play. But um, if we like Fournette, we should like White for the same reason. It's just a lot less snaps. But uh, I I could see him getting a, a little bump up uh, in this game as well. Yeah, love the Sky Moore call because uh, right now it looks like Nico Harmon nor Marquez Valdez-Scantlin are practicing. So, I mean, if either one of those guys miss, I would expect Sky Moore to step up. Although, oh, Justin Watson's there, obviously, but mm-hmm. Sky Moore seems like a better fit to replace sort of the Nico Harmon role. So, if either one of those guys rolled out, we should see a ton of Sky Moore. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with MVS. It's like, I thought if, if there was any time for them to, like, unleash him, it would have been against a single high, Gus Bradley, last week. And I think he got eight targets, but it's just... It, They've been using them on like very low A dot plays this year, which is weird. Yeah, very weird. Uh, what is it like 10.5 right now? Yeah, it's like the average yeah. wide receiver. Like you yeah. would never know if you didn't know his past history, you would never know he was a deep threat at all. He's like what we thought Rashad Bateman would be this year. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Any fullbacks you like in this? Long pass to the fullback. Got a nice block from the fullback. How many tackles can one man break? Like a runaway beer truck down the sidelines. Yeah, we're, we're-
we're doing our best to, to keep the fullback position alive and thriving. Make fullbacks great again. <laughs> oh yeah, we got a couple fullbacks. I mean, we got we got Michael Burton. I think I think actually Michael Burton is worth rostering in this one because the Chiefs have really struggled in their run game and specifically in short yardage. And Burton has been their best short yardage back. So if they get on the goal line, like I think it's wide open. Like it could be CEH, it could be McKinnon, it could be Pacheco, it could also be Burton. Uh, it could be it could be the backup tight ends for all we know because they don't do the quarterback sneaks, you know. So like Joe Fortston, oh my right, god, how, yeah. How did we not mention him? But yeah, like yeah, Burton. Um, he would make sense as sort of the goal line back because uh, you know they've never trusted Edward Tolaire. McKinnon is not really that type, and I don't think Pacheco's that type either. So yeah, I didn't think of that. But Burton is definitely a vulture touchdown waiting to happen. Yeah, and it's like for real, like not just because he's a fullback, but this team is actually struggling, and he's been their most effective yeah. guy in that situation. Um, and then for the Bucks, I mean, he's not really a fullback like by uh, listed, but uh, he's playing some Coquif, the rookie. Um, he should like he was uh, he should continue to be active. He's only going to run a route like ten percent of the time, but uh, you never know. He might get a little play action or something. But uh, Burton, I think, is the is the best fullback yep. on this slate. I will probably have zero shares of Co-Keefed, but the way this <laughs> the way this season's going, like it would not shock me if he's the slate breaker for sure. I feel like every time we mention a fullback on the show, they go off. Well, so. I mean, we have to, but fullbacks <laughs> yeah. were meant for the showdown slate because we would never play these guys on the main slate. That's kind of the point. But they're always super cheap, and then you could spend up. So they they don't even have to do much to be a slate breaker. So it's definitely worth mentioning a guy like Co-Keefed. Yeah, I mean, we saw you saw Juice check, which we're going to talk about this game now, but we saw Juice catch that like sideline. Yeah. He made like an Antonio Brown catch <laughs> on the sideline. <laughs> yeah, a George Pickens catch. Yeah, that might have been, was that San Francisco's longest pass play? <laughs> like, it had to be. Might have not. Debo definitely had a one. one Jimmy underthrew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's, speaking of which, let's go to Monday night. We got the Rams at the 49ers. Nine is favored by a one and a half. Total is just 42 and a half. So, Pretty much expecting a low-scoring game. The big news for Niners is Trent Williams is out, which you know historically mm. it's, has lowered their yard per carry by about about a half yard or so, and uh, you know been a little easier to sack Jimmy G, obviously. But with that being said, uh, what's going on? What we got here? Um, I think we're on the same guy, so I'll let you go first here. Oh uh, yeah, it's it's Debo. Talked about him on the flex pod as well, yeah. but. He's averaging in the three games last year versus the Rams, he averaged 11 touches for 124 scrimmage yards, uh, one and 1.3 touchdowns per game. He's also a guy who just tears up zone even more than man coverage. And the Rams are playing pretty much all zone. Like they're both of these teams are actually top four in zone rate, but the Rams, like you could expect it to continue like almost regardless of the opponent. That's just what they've been doing for the last, uh, you know, year and change now at this point. So Really like Debo in this spot. Uh, I think they're going to continue to have to rely on him uh, in the run and the pass game. Yep, ditto. Uh, he feasts against zone coverage. And, I mean, you mentioned it last year against the Rams. They played each other three times because of the playoff game. I mean, he had more than 25 rushing yards each matchup, more than 70 receiving yards in each matchup, and he scored a touchdown all three. Like, this is the perfect Debo matchup. And then, you know, some other guys in this slate, uh, you know, like a Cooper Cup, out your boy Allen Robinson, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle. I'm kind of down on them. So this is the perfect time to take Debo in your captain slot. Yeah, I think Robinson is going to probably have a, uh, a tough game because remember, he was struggling against zone coverage. That was his issue last year too. And the the Niners are also playing zone at a high rate. So mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah, it's just another, it's a Cooper Cup game. Like if obviously the other guy, if you're going against Debo is Cooper Cup, uh, yeah. I wouldn't get too, too fancy with it. Um, maybe you could try for some Jeff Wilson and, uh, what's our, what's our, like, it, I feel like it changes every week, but how are we feeling about acres and Henderson? Oh God. Um, it really depends on the game flow, right? And this one's going to be a close game. So I, I don't think either back really stands <laughs> out. Um, in a game that's going to be lower scoring, that that hurts Acres because you know the short yard situation, touchdown odds kind of go down. I, I I don't like either back right now. It, I have Acres as my RB thirty eight and Henderson RB forty. Are you seeing anything differently? No, I mean I mean this is a tough matchup. I think the San Francisco defense is elite. Like I think it's creating all these. Yeah. Like everyone is like more down on even Russell Wilson than I think they should be because of this Niner defense. So like <laughs> I think there's kind of a lot. People just don't realize how good this defense is. But uh, I did hear, you know, Sean McVay talking. Um, they, they asked him kind of like, what, what did you say to Akers after the fumble in, in the last game? And he was like, that we have full confidence in him. And he, he even said that if we got back into a two-minute situation, it would have been Akers. So mm. I feel like of the two, Akers is probably still the guy that you want now. Like it, it's kind of gone back to where we expected it to be yeah before week one came around uh and but uh yeah it's it's just a really tough matchup so I, I don't know about the captain spot for either though I would just kind of you know maybe it's kind of a lineup filler yeah it is tough because Henderson is sort of the pass catching back but Stafford doesn't target his running backs yeah so that role is kind of useless in this offense so yeah just by default Akers has the more valuable role right now at least yeah, and this is, I mean, this is a game where he should target his running backs because the Niners aren't going to blitz. They're just going to rush four, and mm. uh, but uh, that just gives them more time to find Cooper Cup. So <laughs> Exactly. It all, all roads lead to more Cooper Cup targets, let's face yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, after Allen Robinson screwed up two touchdowns last week, in, like on, I think it was back-to-back plays. Were they both uh, his fault? I'm trying uh, to remember. I, I, yeah, it's Allen You're just putting them both, yeah. No, he definitely, he, I mean, I, I, at I, least I, one of them, definitely one of them, but I think, yeah. I think both of them, I just, okay. they're just not on the same page, which, yeah, I mean, Robinson's the new guy. Stafford's the guy that led him to the Super Bowl last year. So yeah, <laughs> like, that's true. Now on the sleeper sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product, unlike anything else in the industry. And now you can win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. For example, rushing yards in football or number of points in basketball. Then choose the amount of money that you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sweeper is that it's the only app where I can join my friends contest and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my group's picks with the tap of a button along with Over Under integrated into the fantasy experience itself. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. So stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. On your mobile phone, join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash action and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. Again, go to sleeper.com slash action and you'll get a $100 match 
on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. All right, who do you like for dart throws? Y'all take your darts over here pretty seriously, huh? Uh, I'm going straight to the fullbacks. Yeah, we're, we're doing our best to, to keep the fullback position alive and thriving. I am not messing around because this slate is so top-heavy. I mean, there's only really two dart throws we can consider here. Yeah. And on the 49ers side, uh, we got to go with Kyle Juszczyk. I mean, the showdown slate was created for him. And, you know, he's been kind of yeah, off to a slow start. He didn't have a catch the first two weeks. Last week, he already had that catch that you mentioned, 24-yarder. Uh, but with Jimmy G under center, based on his underlying usage, like last week he ran around on 45% of dropbacks, we should expect him to get, you know, one to two receptions a game going forward, which I don't, I don't know about you. That's the highest projection I have for any fullback. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so he's valuable. He's usually good for one or two vulture touchdowns a season. Unfortunately, he already had one week, too. Maybe we'll get a year where he has two. <laughs> but he he's like the perfect fullback for a show on slate. Unfortunately, I think a lot of people know about him. So his roster ship will probably be higher than most fullbacks, but got to go with him. And then I guess we're considering Ben Skronik a uh, fullback now. Is that what's going on? Yeah, I mean, he's playing a ton of it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, he's still, you know, going out wide. He, he's still right now the Van Jefferson replacement. So as long as he's out, he's going to be the clear number three. They haven't been messing around with Tutu Atwell. Number three? Or- he's the number two. Well, okay, yeah, more <laughs> Allen Robinson. He's the wideback. He's the Debo. Yeah, the yeah. Debo. I mean, well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Does he have a rush attempt yet? I don't think he has. He doesn't, yet. but I still project him for like like .03 rush attempts. Yeah, they, well, he is due for like a vulture touchdown around the one, right? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so, you know, this is one of those slates where he doesn't need to do much and he could, you know, be on the winning lineup. And then also the 49ers defense, just because this is going to be a low-scoring game, I think both defenses really – uh, but I do like the idea of pairing up the 49ers defense with Jeff Wilson and Debo Samuel. I think that's a sneaky uh, three-way stack there. Um, but this is definitely a slate where we should consider the defenses. Yeah. And I, yeah, I really like the Niners defense. The Rams, I don't know what's going on with them. They're not really getting pressure. Mm-hmm. So I, like this actually might be a good nine. Like, well, Trent Jim- Williams out might help. Right. Yeah, but I mean, it's going to be the interior that the you know that the yeah. Rams usually get. More. But I, I don't know. It's just it's just been weird. It's the Rams defense has not looked quite right for a while now. Um, so I don't I don't know. Maybe they rebound in this spot, but the Niners usually own them. Um, yeah. Like so, it's 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 weird. But yeah, I like the Skoranek call. Like use check, obviously. The only other guy I'll even mention is is Danny Gray. You know, he's I always like to kind of get ahead of these rookies. You never know when mm-hmm. they might have a breakout. He's only run six routes all year, but he's got two targets on those six routes. And one of the things they are talking about coming out of that Denver game where they struggled uh, to put any offense on the board is that they need more speed on the field. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy G really hasn't had a chance to work with gray much. So like these last few weeks are really the first time that he's been able to kind of get to throw to him. So I wouldn't be surprised if Shanahan schemes up, you know, maybe one or two plays to try to catch the Rams off guard, uh, you know, with, with Danny Gray's speed. So uh, that's the only that's the only guy. But yeah, these both of these teams like to play their starters a ton. So they're not really rotating guys in and out to where you can go like a whole bunch of different ways with these uh, dart throws. Yeah, I like that call. I was I was kind of like eyeing the 49ers number three receiver. Usually Juwan Jennings in these spots would be sneaky, but his routes run rate has dropped quite a bit. Um, you're obviously getting a touchdown from him to hit. Ray Ray McLeod, he's the kind of guy that probably needs four or five targets to really do any damage but yeah danny gray didn't even think about that he is their main deep threat yeah is uh, a dot of 21.5 on the year so all it will take for him to break the slate is one catch um so yeah if, if they get more playing time design you know at least one deep ball to him 
Um, he he is absolutely somebody we should target on this slate. And Jimmy G's kind of taking shots at, at subliminal shots at Shanahan in the media saying like he wants to throw it deep more and he likes mm. he liked it better in 2017 when like he just got there and he wasn't like in in the context of the offense as much. So maybe they do maybe they draw it up for for Danny. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, uh, yeah, I can yeah. see that. Jennings is just, they just like Jennings could actually get deep too. He's just like their, he's like their Ben Skaronik in a lot of ways. He's a great run blocker. And then like he could just like sneak by the defense. So he actually doesn't need a ton. Like I think Jimmy G overthrew him or no, there was pressure on a play where Jennings was like breaking free down the sideline against Denver and it forced Jimmy G to kind of like throw the ball inaccurately. And I think Jennings yeah. bobbled it. So like, Jennings, I like the Jennings call too. I think Jennings has some. Potential. He's like, he, well, he's replacing the old school uh, Kendrick Bourne role. Just the yeah, number three receiver, kind of sneaky yeah. uh, athleticism, uh, maybe overlooked a bit and will score five touchdowns a season kind of guy. So, uh, but yeah, his routes run rate don't look great. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'd rather go with the gray call on this slate. If I'm being I honest. Do- I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I, let me look this up. Cause, but I do think Jennings had a multi-touchdown game last year against the. Rangers. Oh, he absolutely did. He I, did, right? It was like week 18, I believe, right? Yeah, towards the end, I think. Let's see. What was it? Yeah, was it against the Rams? Let me see. Yeah, week 18 against yeah. the Rams. <laughs> okay, yeah. never mind. Take that back. I like he was, Jennings. It was, it, was, it was him and um, Emir Smith Marset were going off on week 18. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Never to be heard from again. Uh, okay, that is going to. Uh, to wrap it up for the Fantasy Flex Night Shift episode, uh, for more great fantasy content from Sean and I, check out the full Player Projections episode over on the Action Network podcast channel uh, and our Fantasy Preview episode that is right here on the Fantasy Flex channel where we break down the main slate and the Thursday night slate. Uh, ActionNetwork.com for all of our NFL betting and fantasy content, as well as FantasyWabs.com for all of our DFS tools and models. You can follow us on Twitter uh, Sean's at the underscore oddsmaker. I'm at Chris Raybon, and you can find us at those same handles on the free award-winning Action Network app. Also, if you like the show, be sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple. Uh, we pick our favorite five-star review, and you get a free year of Action Pro. So be sure to do that. Good luck this weekend. Until next time, let's get this money. Money.